0: So we continue our sermon series looking at the, the five marks of mission. Uh, this week will be a shorter sermon. We're only looking at one mark uh, this week. Over the last two weeks we've looked at the the equipping of the church through marks 1 and 2 where we are called to share the, the good news of Jesus and his kingdom uh, alongside this need for a lifelong commitment to learning, a lifelong discipleship. And last week we looked at what I was calling serving society with Marks 3 and 4, where we are called to recognize that our actions can often speak louder than our words, that we are called to help in a very practical way those that find themselves in times of struggle or in need of of help. And on top of that, we were to use our voices um, to call out these unjust structures of of society that keep people in that place of being held down and not able to receive that that freedom that, that Jesus bought for them on the cross. We're also called to call out peace in places of violence. We do follow the Prince of Peace, and therefore, that is what we should be pursuing always. And this week, we come to Mark 5, which, which I call Caring for Creation. And it states that we are to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. Now, it was very clear in my reading this week that one of the the major criticisms of those who hold to uh, an evangelical theology is that we have a tendency to ignore the first two chapters in Genesis and the last two chapters in Revelation, that it's like they don't even exist. We are accused of being focused on the fall of humanity, And then the judgment that will come, not having the the hope that is there, we rush to the judgment found in Revelation, essentially ignoring the, the beauty of creation and the transformation of the earth at the end of the book of Revelation. Now, while I don't personally believe that to be true in all of the things that I was reading, it was clear that that is the perception of many, many people. That somehow we're only focused on sin and judgment. And I guess that is why it's so important that we don't ignore this fifth mark of mission. That we need to seek to carry it out as individuals and as churches. Because it's an opportunity not only to challenge those who believe those things about us, That we aren't interested in the planet, but also so we can carry out this holistic or or whole approach to mission. Because all of these things matter to God, so they should matter to us as well. That we don't see creation or eco-warriors as a kind of niche thing, that there's a a small group of people that, that that's their thing in fact, none of the things found in the five marks should be viewed as niche things for us as followers of Jesus. We need to take them all as seriously as the other. There are no niche things. They're all important to Jesus, so they should be important to us. And with that in mind, you might well have seen something this morning, those eagle eyed among you, that's different from the last two weeks see, the last two weeks we've had a gospel passage as one of our readings, but this week we didn't. And there's a simple reason for that. Jesus isn't quoted in the gospels saying anything about caring for creation in the way that we would look upon it. You might be forgiven for thinking that it's because he doesn't care about it, that he only cares about it other things important things but that he doesn't care about it however if we hold to that then we'd be wrong the reason that Jesus never felt to the need to say anything about it was the simple fact that people were actually living sustainable in Palestine at the time they weren't pumping oil out of the ground to fill their cars They grew their own crops. They shared with one another. They weren't hoarding food, throwing it away because they weren't eating it. You know, the food was there. You either ate it or you didn't. There was no choice. There weren't any multinational companies pumping their their waste into the sky and into the sea. They were living sustainable. It's only in the last few hundred years that we've ramped that up to such a level that we're doing so much damage to our planet. And in our passage from Genesis, we read that God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. Everything was very good. But if we fast forward to today and take a look at our planet, God's creation. It's far from good. Global warming. The continued reliance on on fossil fuels. The dumping of waste into our seas. The sheer force of deforestation. Cutting down trees to put up buildings and various other things. We've all but wrecked the The ozone layer, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, the opening of our passage to Genesis said, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over. I think some people might read that as meaning that we can do whatever we like. Because we have dominion, we are in charge. It's now under our control. However, that's not what God was intending with that statement. That we're called to have dominion over and subdue it It's a challenge to look after it. You know, in God's kingdom, leadership looks different to how we corrupt it on earth, that it's not a dictatorship. In God's kingdom, leadership goes hand in hand with caring for and looking after those that you are leading. That includes the planet and the wildlife that it contains that call hasn't gone away. It's because Adam and Eve succumbed to the devil that brought about the fall. That call is still there very much on us. We are now called to carry out this direct command to fill the earth and subdue it and to hold dominion over it. Not so we can lord it over creation, but that we might care and look after it in the ways that that God wishes us to. That it was always intended to be that way. And just because Jesus isn't quoted directly as caring for creation, it doesn't mean for one second that it didn't matter to him or that it wasn't important. And that's why I chose Colossians this morning because it opens up with He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. You see, the thing is, Paul is writing to the church in Colossae because they've been infiltrated by false teachers who are looking to corrupt Paul's message. They are suggesting that there is no way that Jesus could be human. If he's God, he cannot be human. And if he's human, he cannot be God. The planet could not have been created by God because these false teachers saw humanity and the planet as evil. And there is no way that a God could create something evil. So the physical world was, was evil. Jesus could maybe be a spirit and have dominion over the spirit world, but certainly not over the physical world. There's no way that a God could be involved in such evil. But the thing is, these teachers missed the point. Because from our passage in Genesis the creation was good it was us who have corrupted it and Paul shows that all rulers powers or authorities both physical and spiritual were created by and are under the authority of Jesus Christ Jesus has no equal he is the Lord of all Indeed, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation and all things have been created by him and through him and for him. In verse 20 it says, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. God came to walk amongst us to restore that relationship With his creation, the planet and everything that is in it. Jesus might never have been quoted as saying the things that are contained in Mark 5 of the five marks of mission. But given that he is God and he created this planet, it's safe to say that it matters to him. And if it matters to him, it should matter to us as his followers. there should be no doubt whatsoever that we are called to safeguard the integrity of our creation and sustain it. And the thing is, as 21st century people in the Western world, we like to deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves that we can make it on our own. The message is clear, and it's out there that we are individuals, but not one of us is an island, and we can't make it on our own. And we certainly cannot make it without Jesus in our lives. Some people on the planet understand that. There's others who are yet to understand that. But the thing is, we are, just as we are dependent on other people, We're also dependent on the the healthy ecosystems that exist on our planet. That everything, including the smallest of insects, matters, because it has a knock-on effect on a whole bunch of things. And we're dependent on those things. And we're seeing the, the handiwork of not caring about it in our planet. When we look out into the world today we can see many, many ways in which we've damaged this wonderful gift that we've just sang about that God has freely given us. The ways that we live and the ways that we work and consume have pushed the creation to breaking point. You might remember last year when we we looked a bit at creation and I was... I was sharing about that, that BBC article that I'd read where multinational companies were taking their their waste and putting it onto a ship and taking it over the other side of the world and dumping it over in Asia. The Western world transferring their problem to another part of the planet, thinking it was gone and out of the, the way. But the fact is that all we were doing was taking a problem that was here, putting it over there, and it comes back and affects us in so many ways. And it affects the whole planet, not just us or the people over there. So whether it's plastic pollution or littering the seas or the poorest communities and countries in our world, we see species going extinct at huge rates, The climate crisis, which is making droughts and floods, storms more frequent and severe. There was a point there where it seemed like every single week there was a new storm hitting the the world. We've misused and we've damaged this wonderful gift that God has given us. And we feel some of the effects in the UK. We definitely do. But unfortunately, it's the, the poorer parts of the world that aren't able to prepare themselves or afford to prepare themselves and put the things in place to protect themselves from nature and the way that the world is now. You know, the science is clear, that the climate crisis is real. It's being caused by us as human beings not taking this mark of mission seriously, that we're not caring for, our creation, especially so us in the developed world. You know, I was only only half-joking during the all-age talk about feeling convicted of various things, whether it's driving our cars or whether it's going on nice holidays in an airplane. These things are all having an effect. But we have to act fast and we need to change our ways. Governments need to take things seriously and start making movements in the right direction rather than allowing all of this stuff to happen. Our world is broken. But as our passage in Colossians reminds us, God is at work in reconciling and restoring. We need to have a a big view of Jesus. He didn't just come to reconcile you and and me with our Father in heaven. Of course, Jesus came for our salvation, but he also came to reconcile and restore all things, that that, that the world would be transformed when he returns. A new heaven, a new earth. And that's far more than just us as individuals. Jesus came to begin that, that restoration of the world, how God intended it to be, to make all things new. Jesus values creation, he shows us how it reveals his love to us, how it can bring restoration and, and healing bringing everything back together with God. And the thing is, we can have hope because this stuff's serious and it probably falls heavy on our hearts, but we can have hope that this doesn't have to be the the end. Because Jesus was willing to go to the cross for us, that reconciliation happened and continues to happen each and every day. Everything sin had broken is being put back together and is put back together in the person of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. And what's more, we can be part of it. We're invited into that mission to the world. And as Christians, we need to do everything we can to safeguard the integrity of creation. And also, there's this part of the Mark of Mission that I haven't really touched on, where it says that we are called to renew the life on earth. You see, seeking God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven means holding a vision of all creation working together in harmony. We need to seek lifestyles and support policies by government that not only protect the planet, but also seek to renew it. That we look to try and undo the damage that we've done. And we see many things happening in our world. Regeneration of of forests, trees being planted, regeneration of our seas. It's a huge passion of mine. And I'm sure Elizabeth will have already told you. You know, whales are thing that I've loved since I was a kid. And it breaks my heart when you see the the population of whales in the sea going down and down and down. They were going down when I was like nine years old and there's just a fraction of them left. But we're seeing work going ahead that looks to repopulate the seas, look after these amazing wildlife and marine life But we need to remember that as individuals we can respond to this. You know, we need to first be convicted of the changes that need to be made. And having been convicted of them, we need to look at ways in how we can act upon it. What are the things that we can do that will make a difference? It might be that we refuse to to use single-use plastic. It might be that we have a higher commitment to recycling in all of its forms, not just putting it in a bin, but actually using things more than once before we throw it out. You know, as a church, we are an equal congregation. What are the ways that we could take that to the next level so that it's not just a certificate, it's not just a, a name? But what are the things that we could be doing to really step that up as a church? You know, we support, as individuals and as church, various organizations that look to, to protect the, the planet. We need to make sure how, what can we do to, to not only just support financially, but actually get involved in the work. And the thing is, we might think that, as individuals, we can only really make a, a small difference. And indeed, if it's any difference at all, when we look out into our world and we see the damage that's been done and the the job that's ahead of us, we might think, who am I? What can I do? We might feel like it's a, a lost cause. We come up against the weight of huge companies and the damage that they're doing to our world. How are we able to do anything. But the thing is, every small impact that you make is so much better than no impact at all. Every small impact is so much better than none at all. And if we just imagine a world where every follower of Jesus was making their own small impact and looking to care for creation, we responded to Jesus' call to mission in its fullest. What a world that would look like. Partnering with Jesus in a mission to the world that brings people into that relationship with him by telling them in Mark 1 of the five marks. A mission that helps them understand more about him through this lifelong discipleship. Mark 2, a mission that cares about people and lending a helping hand when required, Mark 3. A mission that challenges the unjust structures of society that keeps people from that life that can be lived to the fullest that Jesus bought for them on the cross, Mark 4. And a mission that cares for the planet. Seeks ways of returning it to the form that God intended, Mark 5. I believe that the five marks of mission can be summed up with a mission, mission statement that I'm proposing that we adopt here at Stonelaw. And that mission should be making fully devoted followers of Jesus making fully devoted followers of Jesus. Because if we make and are fully fully devoted followers of Jesus, then the five marks of mission are a natural overflow from that devotion to Jesus. And we'll look more at that next week. But the thing is, these things that are required of us in these five marks of mission They can just flow from us as a natural byproduct. They're hard work. But if we're committed to it, then it becomes easier and easier and a natural overflow of our commitment to Jesus. Because I believe that the most important thing in life is having a purpose or a cause, depending on which language. You want to use. That for me is the most important thing in life. It's the thing that gets you going. And when you don't have that purpose and you don't have a cause, that's when you can feel empty. I've been there. I was floating around for a while, didn't have a clue what I was supposed to do with my life. But when you have a purpose or a cause, a calling, it makes your life. Fuller. And I believe that the greatest purpose or greatest cause that we can have in life is to follow Jesus closer and closer each and every day of our lives in all of its forms. And that includes partnering with him in the mission to the world in these five marks of mission. And that starts with us. It starts with us. And it extends to our family and to our friends. And then out into the wider world. Each and every one of us has a a sphere of influence or a, a circle of friends. And that's where we start. And each little, small impact, as it starts to be added to others, starts to grow, And becomes bigger and bigger. So as we seek to create mission plans. And we look to act upon those mission plans. Let's make sure that we're ready to make that commitment again to Jesus. That we would be fully devoted followers of him. Ready to work with him in the mission to our world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the gift of life. And we thank you that you call us to partner with you in that full mission to the world. And as we come before you this morning, we pray that we would be encouraged, strengthened to fully step into that purpose and calling that you've put on our lives. That we would take caring for creation seriously. That we wouldn't be too downhearted and think that our little impact is next to no impact at all. And indeed, Lord, we pray as a church that we would, as a, a community here, each making our, our own impact, that it would create a, a ripple throughout this town and throughout our city and indeed our country, that we would take seriously that call in our lives, to reach the world for you, because you've given us everything. And in our thanksgiving, we wish to serve you. Lord Jesus, would you hear our prayer, for we ask it in your precious and mighty name. Amen.